Welcome to the Pathway Podcast. This is a very special interview episode. Mitchell and I sat down on a Zoom call with Brian and Shannon Behrman. Even though they live in Dallas, Texas, they have had a tremendous impact on Pathway. They are the parents of Andrew, Daniel, Benji, Noah, and Rachel Behrman. Noah and Andrew were both interns. Daniel is Pathway's worship team leader. Benji and Andrew are both Pathway small group leaders and serve on the worship team. With the four brothers being so vital to Pathways ministry, we thought it'd be a great idea to hear from their parents. Brian and Shannon's story reveals the hard work, challenges, and rewards of following Jesus as husband and wife and as parents. This interview begins with how Brian and Shannon met. Well, we uh, both went to the University of Texas, um, and I was in uh, Bucks, the fraternity was there, and Shannon... Um, you know, we had a lot of common friends there. And so I just met that way. And um, I was interested. She was cute. And, but, uh, but we also were from the same hometown. We both were from Plano. Okay. Uh, though she went to the senior high, I went to Plano senior high and I went to Plano East. But, uh, but that way, you know, we kind of figured we could ride back with one another and stuff like that. We're familiar with a little bit of that. Yeah, <laughs> so we were, know. Oh, go ahead. I didn't have a car my freshman year. <laughs> oh, really? She just lived about five minutes down the road from my grandparents. So, like Christmas break. She, uh-huh. uh, she, Perfect. You know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a car my first year either. So. That's so funny. Mm. Yep. So we were introduced by a mutual friend, and um, Brian. Uh, he tells a story that he the first time he met me, told the the friend that he was at this restaurant with, oh, I'm going to marry that girl. And I've thought, you know, like you didn't know me from Adam. (laughs) So how do you know? But it took me a little bit longer to come to that conclusion. Yeah. So yeah, we, you know, it it took me about four years to finally get her to (laughs) officially, well, I wouldn't even say officially date me, but it's like over four years. Uh, to for us to become a couple and then once we were a couple you know we only dated literally for about two months yeah and but but we were best friends for for uh for most of that time it's funny we were friends for Mm. like five years (laughs) before we dated (laughs) so what what role did faith play in y'all's individual lives before you got together go ahead you go first so I, um, neither of us grew up in a Christian home. My parents are um, believers, but we didn't like, it was not really a relationship for them. Um, so I became a believer as a, as a part of a, I, I heard the gospel at a midweek church club. And um, I was about nine at the time. And then I, I grew sporadically in my faith because I went to summer camps um, with this, this group, Pioneer Girls, where um, I had heard the gospel initially. And so I would grow a lot each summer when I would go to camp and then I'd come back home and life would go back to normal um, for the next school year. So um, it wasn't really until I got to college and I chose a church for myself where I felt like I was really being fed spiritually. I got plugged in with a parachurch organization. I, I was part of Campus Crusade for Christ and 
now it's called crew, but mm-hmm. grew a lot there. I was discipled through that program and that's really where my faith took off. So by the time we met, um, I was growing really rapidly in my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, I did not grow up in a Christian home, grew up in a very moral home. My parents taught me right and wrong and, and you know, to treat people with respect and that type of stuff. But I, I didn't really have a concept of God. I remember vaguely going to church on Easter, maybe Christmas. I don't, that part, I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm unsure, but you know, that's, I don't think we went after I was like in first grade or something like that. But for me, uh, I had grown up uh, moving a lot. Uh, we lived in uh, like, by the time we moved to Texas, that was our 11th move. Uh, and being a person that is uh, not very social or well, it's kind of, is introverted. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was very difficult for me. And so um, when we moved here, I was, I was pretty depressed because, you know, my life was all uh, wrapped up in tennis and sports um, and was doing very well. And what we had moved here from South Carolina and um, was doing very well there. But, um, but anyway, God had to bring me uh, there to a point where um, I needed him. And um, that, that was uh, when I had met, somebody um, at um, Student Venture, which was the high school offshoot of, um, I guess it was Crusade. I'm not sure mm-hmm. of Crusade. And, um, and the leader there um, told me, uh, shared the gospel with me my senior year of high school um, in November of 1984. Uh, that's when I uh, placed my faith in Christ. Um, I wish I could say life was great after that, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the University of Texas, um, you know, you know, and um, on my application for my dorm room, I put that I wanted to be on a co-ed floor and, um, and, and, and other, other things. And I got exactly what I wanted, but God had better plans. Uh, my RA ended up being um, um, one of the founders of, of Bucks and, um, and just grew um, through Bucks and, and all, the, all the men that were there. Uh, before getting married, so y'all meet, right? And then mm-hmm. before you got married, how did the conversations go once you got, it went, got really serious really quick for y'all? Sounds like after you started dating. Mm-hmm. How did the conversations go about what your future would look like together as husband and wife and kids and how you'd raise those kids and all that? I don't know that we made a lot of those decisions before we got married. Um, I think we both knew that we wanted to have many kids, like more than a couple, Mm -hmm. but I came from a family of three siblings and he came from a family of two. So we thought, well, you know, four would be great. And, uh, and then God had other plans. So God, we ended up with five, which we are so thankful for. We, we, um, wouldn't trade any of them. Obviously they're all, such wonderful blessings to us, but we didn't know, like we, we kind of went into it, I guess, assuming we had figured it out as we went along. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. We didn't have really that many conversations. It was, you know, just, you know, we were just trying to work on ourselves, you know, yeah, building that relationship. 
It's kind of funny, the conversations you have before you get married anyways. Like, we got married, think, you know. You Unre just, unrealistic. Just shoot yeah. for the stars. Everything's going to be, yeah, it's perfect. Right. And of course, you take marriage and you take one step at a time and things change. So, <laughs> yep, that is only so much you can do. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously, we knew we loved the Lord. We wanted our kids to love the Lord. But practically speaking, we had no game plan for that. Yeah. <laughs> so once the kids came, uh, what were the biggest challenges to y'all in raising those kids to be followers of Jesus? Well, the biggest challenges, well, you know, having five kids in basically five years, that just just maintaining life, just doing life was, was kind of difficult because we, mm -hmm. for so many years, we had three in diapers, you know, mm -hmm. and having to, Bless you. yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, it was, it was difficult, but, um, but, but we knew that we wanted our kids to own their own faith mm -hmm. and to, um, and to love the Lord, like, um, you know, like we, we were uh, trying to, trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I don't know that we didn't, I guess we kind of implemented many things as, as our kids kind of went, uh, came, you know, some, some good things, some really bad things. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what being a parent is mm -hmm. trying to figure that part out. Yeah. So in the early years of our marriage, before we had kids, we were, we were in a life group with a family who homeschooled who really was doing an excellent job not just schooling their kids at home but training them and shaping their mm -hmm. character and teaching them to love the lord and we knew we wanted that for our kids so um, i think that really influenced our decision to homeschool mm -hmm. and um we practically speaking like i said didn't have a great game plan for for you know how to raise our children and how to teach them to love the Lord. But we did have this couple that we really admired and wanted to um, kind of pick their brains as much as we could. And we had, a, you know, just a lot of voices in our lives um, from our church, from our life group. And so we listened to the advice of people that were a little bit further down the, the road than we were. Some of it was great and some of it was not so great. Right. But, um, <laughs> I would say about three and a half years in, we were in pretty bad shape, honestly. Mm -hmm. Our marriage was suffering because we were pretty child-centered in our parenting. Mm -hmm. And um, Yeah, we had three kids sleeping in our bed. Oh mm. my goodness. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, it, it's hard. it, was, <laughs> yeah, it, it was rough. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of when we kind of woke up, probably woke up is not the right word, but realized that this path for us was not, was not the right way. Yeah. And, and we made some pretty drastic changes very quickly. Mm. But I, I would say the biggest changes for us came, um, God moved us for a job to uh, Midland, Texas in 97. And so when we got there, we got plugged into a, a really solid Bible teaching church who had great programs established. So they had this parenting program that they were offering that helped us um, to take biblical principles and apply those to our parenting. Mm -hmm. And a lot changed for us at that point. We started being able to 
um, I guess, have a reason for. We were very intentional about the things that we were doing in our parenting at that point because we could point back to scripture and say, um, this is the principle that we're following. So this is why we're going to parent this way. Mm-hmm. There were other other families that were, you know, 10 to 12 years ahead of us that we had seen kind of the results of how they were parenting and saw that they had some pretty awesome kids. Not that it was a formulaic type. Right. Thing, right? So I can share, um, a little bit more about that if you want. We kind of talked yeah. through like what are some of the things that we decided or that we changed at that point. But first time obedience became really important in our parenting. Um, and then we we learned to not just give instructions to our kids, but really to tell them the biblical principle behind it. Like why are we going to take care of other people's property? Um, so that they could then transfer that principle to a new situation when they found themselves in that. Um, we, we learned to like uh, train our kids in a time when we weren't in the middle of a conflict with them. So um, Brian has a great little activity that he did with the kids that was fun. Yeah, so one of the things that we did, one of the things that we really wanted to instill in our kids was that they would, when they hear us calling them, they would answer the first time and not, make us repeat it and so and not just from a kind of a obedience standpoint from, from a safety standpoint if they were running out into a road I wanted them to stop you know I wanted to make sure that they stopped the first time they heard me or Shannon say their name and so what we would do is you know we had all five kids go to run out to different parts of the house and we would call them and um, and they would come running um, and say, yes, ma'am, and come running to us. And, you know, and just, just to kind of do that, it, just as a fun game. And we kind of made, you know, we had treats and, and other things like that, just to kind of make it a fun evening. But that way they knew um, that um, to answer us or, you know, stop whatever they're doing the first time that they uh, heard us call them. So, you know, and, you know, when you're, it's so much easier and better to, um, you know, to train them up that way, you know, preparing for um, an emergency or preparing for, you know, you know, something that you can't anticipate um, so that they, you know, will know what to do or, you know, uh, during that time. Mm -hmm. So um, as opposed to, you know, you know, it, it doesn't really stick as well if, it, if you're trying to parent them during whatever conflict it is at that time. So, mm-hmm. so what you're yeah. saying is your kids had no choice in them being great. Like the way <laughs> you parented, they were just going to be great people. Uh, okay. Really not true. Really not true. <laughs> yeah. Each one of them have had their own little uh, bits of time when they yeah. were not great. It is interesting to know the four brothers really well and right. to see the differences and see, to hear them. Mm-hmm. It took a few years, but I got them talking about each other <laughs> to, to me. And so it's really interesting to hear kind of the, the backstory of each one of their phases that they, you know, they weren't doing the things that they needed to do, which, which is really interesting to hear because I got two brothers, I have two brothers, no sisters. And mm-hmm. it's the, the brother relationship to me is really interesting yeah, I have, to know all four of them is something I, I value a lot. 
Yeah. And, you know, and one of the things that we really tried to instill in all of our kids is that, is that they are, that they should be their best friends mm-hmm. that they have in the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, their sister loves their brothers mm-hmm. to death and just cherishes and trusts them implicitly, you know, just like all the, all the boys trust each other and in and, and her too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty special the way God has ended up forging those relationships. Mm-hmm. We've enjoyed watching it from <laughs> our mm-hmm. standpoint. We love all of them. And of course, don't get to see Rachel as often because she doesn't right. live here, but yeah. It, yeah. And it is really sweet to see their relationship with each other and with Rachel, even though she's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really special. Yeah. Through all that, uh, how did your view of God or your relationships with God change as you were parenting? You know, just coming off of Easter, you know, and just reflecting, just going, how could I, would I be willing to sacrifice my son or any one of my boys or my daughter for you guys? We like you and all. We but... like you guys, but, you know, I don't like you that much. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you there's a depth there that you, that you understand mm-hmm. um, that I didn't understand when I wasn't a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can, you know, I know that, you know, that, you know, you know, a father sacrificed his son, but you just don't know the the depth because you don't have that, that love, you know, you know, the love, you know, love from a child's parent uh, perspective for a parent is much different than the parent's love for a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so just, just my perspective. And then also just, it really felt um, a humbleness just, and, and I still do just knowing that God picked me to be the dad of these five kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're, and each of the kids are awesome in their own way. And, um, and I just, I'm just floored by, floored by it. Yeah. How about you? I would say I knew a lot about parenting before I was a parent. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, uh, it, it has been such a journey of learning humility and recognizing um, how much I don't have it together and how poorly I model the love of Christ and, um, and the fruit of the spirit, you know, discipline, self-control, kindness. Um, there were many, many, many times that I had to go to my kids and apologize to them for the way I had treated them for the way I had treated their dad in front of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think most likely we taught our kids the most through our failures and having to just humble ourselves and ask their forgiveness for what they had seen us model for them. Just kind of one story uh, for me, uh, just reflecting that is, um, I, I, don't, I don't remember the circumstances, but I was, for some reason I was just kind of, uh, either a little miffed or something like that about something. I'm, I don't know. Daniel, Daniel and Benji were in the house and they they had hockey sticks and they were shoot, shooting each other with the hockey sticks and just kind of being loud. And I told them to stop Well, they continued. And I, for some reason, I just got really mad and took their hockey sticks and broke them over my leg. Um, and, 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 th- and then threw them in the, into the trash can. And I'm going, you know, you know, 30 minutes later, I'm going, 
that was so wrong. They were doing nothing wrong. And, you know, and so, um, you know, I, I apologized, you know, asked for forgiveness. And then we uh, immediately went down to Target to go buy, go, go buy a couple more. So and that's a good story. <laughs> we just feel like we were talking about quarantine, just mm. making us go crazy in the times mm. when we just want to make us so angry. Yeah. And just to feel that guilt, Ruby is just a child, you know, <laughs> like she, she just wants the answers to her questions, you know, they're not right. really big deals. But. I know. Yeah. So at what point is there a particular story or instance or phase through parenting where you began to gather confidence? Okay, we're on the right track here with what we're doing with our kids. Um, you know, I, I think that I don't think we ever felt fully confident in all honesty, because um, we're still dealing with five sinful creatures. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what God has told us is to just instill his word and, and, and to instill the, uh, you know, his truths in them, you know, and then, you know, I can't make them do that. And so, you know, we were always confident in what we were teaching, but, not confident with the results that were going to happen because, you know, we were going to have to, you know, let these things fly and, and, um, and see if they hold true to what we taught them yeah. uh, while they were at home. But, um, but I think one of the things that I think we did well was that as they, when they got older, we let them to uh, make their own choices on some things mm -hmm. so that when they failed, and they did fail, um, they could fail while they're still home and we can work through it and kind of uh, teach, teach through that. And I would say I felt pretty confident before adolescence hit, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I mean, for, for just to be really honest, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized they they're going to grow up and want to make decisions for themselves, not just to please us. Mm -hmm. That was, um, that was hard. And so we did, we, we did intentionally really try to move them from seeking our approval to seeking the Lord's approval. And we, we really walked through that with them. And there were times when they would come to us and come to us and want to know, our opinion about something. And sometimes we would give them our thoughts, but then other times we would just say, you know, you're going to need to pray about that and see what God's leading you to. Mm -hmm. But one of the most heartbreaking parts of parenting to me is that our children have free will and we can't make them choose what we would choose for them. Mm -hmm. So why, why do you think that's so heartbreaking because to me, like, I understand that now, right, to what you just said about it. it's, it's heartbreaking to know that they have free will and they're going to make their own choices and not always make the right decision. But before kids, I don't think that I would have viewed free will that way. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I would have mm -hmm. kind of valued Free will is great, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's because I was making mistakes to my parents where I not <laughs> Well, I think part of it is, you know, when 
our kids fail, we feel like it's a reflection on us and how we parent. Mm. You know, uh, and, and that, that totally is a selfish, selfish mm. thing. It really is. But I know, I can't speak for Shannon, but I know that was it for me. It's not, you know, my kids are acting up now. What, you know, they must think I'm a horrible parent or, you know, whatever. I remember actually specifically walking through that, a season with the Lord where he was working on my heart to make me care much less about what other people thought of me because of my kids' choices or my kids' behavior and just care really about my kid's heart mm. because that's, you know, that's what was, that's what should be important to us. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that was definitely a transition that happened for me, but I think part of what makes it hard to watch your kids exercising their free will is having a few more years of experience behind us, we can see the long picture. We, we play the movie forward and we see where that ends mm -hmm. and they don't always do that in the moment. When you started releasing them, right, to go out into the real world on their own to make those mistakes and make the decisions on their own, what, what was the most enjoyable part of seeing your kids transition into adulthood? Seeing them do things and to put themselves in situations where they were going to get fed the word or that they were going to have relationships with guys that love the Lord. Um, one of the things that um, I encouraged my boys to do uh, was, was to join Bucks because I knew that was going to be um, a, a great place, a great source uh, of, of getting like-minded guys um, that they can, uh, you know, have men to, you know, sharpen their iron with, and then also getting plugged into a local church. And I, and I think um, Thrive was huge also uh, for, for our boys. You know, we prayed a lot for the friends mm -hmm. that they would choose to surround themselves with and for the spouses that they would eventually end up with. And so it brought us a lot of great joy to see um, just the quality people that they have surrounded themselves with and to watch how um, they just pursue the Lord and they, and it's not just head knowledge, but I just can't tell you there have been so many nights through tears of gratitude that it's just been overwhelming to think that God has allowed us the privilege of parenting these young men and, and young women, because um, we really do feel, we really do feel honored to be able to have played a part in their lives. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, when we started sending them off, you know, you know, we got to see them when they were seniors in high school and juniors in high school and seeing how they had grown and had worked through different issues that they had. And, you know, you know, obviously, you know, just as a parent, you know, there is always some, let's say trepidation, but just kind of, okay, you know, just a, a little bit of scariness as, as we're releasing, releasing them mm -hmm. off. But I, I was pretty confident in, in our kids as they were going off because I knew what we had instilled in them and I'd seen 
who they had become. And, um, you know, obviously it's, 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 it's totally different when mom and dad are, are not there and, and, and how they could go. And that, and, and that's why I was just, I just floored it, how the choices that they made while they were at the uh, University of Arkansas and, and now uh, once they've graduated. Mm-hmm. So now like your, your kids are, are grown. They're, they're all adults, right? Like Rachel, Rachel's how old? She's, she's 21. 21. 21. So, so now that they're all grown, how has your marriage changed? How has y'all's relationship changed since they've grown up? Yeah. It's good. It's good. It is. <laughs> we, we like the empty nest. Um, it's been a little bit of a, a roller coaster for us. Well, initially it was a little hard because our kids are so musical that our house was always filled with music and the music all went away when they did. So that was, that was sad. Yeah. Um, And Rachel missed them tremendously. I think more than any of us really even understand. Um, That was a huge loss for her and she struggled a lot um, as a result of them leaving in such rapid succession. But, um, we kind of like it. We do. We do like it. And, you know, you know, it, it was for us, it was almost like, you know, ripping the bandaid off because we went from five to zero so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, just because of their age differences and, and like Daniel and Noah graduated high school early. And mm-hmm. so they, uh, you know, it just, it just, it just went by really quick. Uh, and so, um, but you know, we're, we're enjoying our time. Yeah. We're, there's still evenings we're going, okay, that's awful, still awfully quiet. And yeah, what are we going to do? But you know, you know, we're, we're still, we're still learning, learning this thing. So we have a little more time for ministry now that we've always been part of, but it just, it felt like it was taking time away from our family in the past. And now it doesn't feel so much like a sacrifice to be involved in ministry at our church and um, yeah so yeah so if you had just one piece this is a tough question because it's taking a lifetime of experience down to just one piece of advice but you could just give one piece of advice on how families can stay focused on following jesus no matter what's going on no matter what phase they're in what would it be You go first. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, for me, it's that you keep you keep him the center of your family each day. And I'm not not saying read, you know, three chapters of the Bible each day. You know, heck, you know, with with five kids, we were just good that we got to pray at at dinner. You know, but but we were always we are always trying to point our kids to Christ. We are always trying to point ourselves to Christ and keep him the, the, the center of our household. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and everything that we did always pointed, we, everything we tried to do always tried to point it to, to him. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say removing the obstacles to drawing near to the Lord Um, would be a really great piece of advice. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is 
um, find out what it is that seems to be your, your hurdle. Like I don't have enough time. Maybe your kids don't need to be involved in so many activities or um, if it's, <clears throat> I don't understand the Bible, then, you know, investigate some of the great resources that are out there that really resonate with your kids, mm -hmm. but find some way to make it real to them and make it meaningful to them. And, um, and just, I think I, I'm okay. Maybe I have two pieces of advice because I think Another really important key is just living out your faith authentically before your kids. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means being honest about the fact that I'm struggling today. Like I'm angry at God or um, I don't feel like God loves me right now, but we can point to the truth of scripture and know that what I feel isn't necessarily true. We know what's true because it's what God tells us in his word. So those would be my two big pieces of advice, I guess. Okay, I get a second one. Um, <laughs> so what I would say is, is it's okay to fail. You know, uh, mm. it's okay to fail as a parent. You will fail. You're a sinner. You're selfish. You're, you know, you know, it's, you know, you got up at four o'clock in the morning because you couldn't sleep or a baby woke up and yeah, I'm grumpy. And, you know, I wouldn't say that's okay, but you know, you know, you're, you're going to fail, whatever it is. And that's okay. You know, you know, the more than likely your kids aren't going to remember it. Um, when they, you know, but just don't make a habit, <laughs> habit, of, <laughs> habit of it. So, you know, it, you know, it, it just, yeah. yeah you, you, Cause you learn, you learn the, the most from your mistakes. We had a pastor that used to say, you know, just keep stumbling in the right direction. And that's, you know, that kind of has been our life motto because mm -hmm. we did, we did a lot of failing. I used to tell my kids frequently, mommy's closed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mommy's closed. <laughs> I'll adopt that. <laughs> but, um, you know, when we were wrong, we were honest about it and we asked forgiveness. And um, I think that helped our kids to recognize when they really messed up. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Cause there's a second chance. There's always another chance. And um, we just ask forgiveness and we move on. So. That's, that's really good. Mm -hmm. But really the whole, the whole thing was really encouraging for us and, and hopefully it will be encouraging for everybody that listens to this and, Right, right now, Miles is waking yeah, up. Yeah, speaking up. <laughs> he's cutting like six teeth. Yeah, one time. Oh, wow. It's so, so it's it's a tough season for us, you know, in particular. Mm -hmm. So it's really great to hear y'all's story. And one of the main reasons for these interviews is to reveal the personalities and and stories of Pathway, and to hear it from three guys that that are very core at pathway to hear currently yeah of course noah yeah no we, we still claim Noah. i guess i know he's brothers. pretty sad to not be there right yeah. right about oh. this time yeah but but to hear the personalities and the stories be revealed through through y'all is mm -hmm. is really special and uh and to know that we can stum we can stumble as long as we're trying to do the right thing and and uh that's 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 really really good advice we appreciate y'all so much and uh 
thank you for being willing to do this. Yes. And um, I was told we're going to get some baby pictures and maybe some videos. I told Daniel, the more embarrassing, the better. Yeah, <laughs> we'll send you some yeah, stuff. We, yeah, we'll see what we can find. Thank you.